We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And good morning, everybody. My name is Scott Kennedy. I will be your host today. Uh, I go by Scout Kennedy on the Twix, Twitter X. I'm just going to start calling that Twix from now on until Twix sends me a letter or cease and desist. Uh, I will be by myself today, except just on camera because I'm here with all of y'all. And I certainly appreciate you joining me this morning for all the things that you want to try and talk about today. After what I put in the description as a gut-wrenching loss, and I think that qualifies with no hyperbole to the Washington Commanders yesterday for a whole host of reasons that we will get into. Uh, As the chat is opening up and breathing just a little bit and going out and finding uh, all of our our lost Broncos with their alerts, notifications, and everything, I want to say hello to some folks that made a point to come here nice and early. I certainly appreciate it. Franklin Peterson says, another Bronco Monday with more questions than answers. Yeah, I think that's true. We have a lot of questions, um, lots of questions. Jeremy Sean says, morning, boys. 0-2 against easy teams is a sad, sobering place to be. I have confidence in Sean's offense and with Russ, but not with his ability to hire a defensive coordinator. And part of that can also be the the personnel. Um, When we were talking earlier, way earlier, during the coaching search, it was a little sobering to think, okay, the top two guys are probably going to be Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. 
they're going to want pretty much total control of this thing as they come in. Where does that leave George Payton? You know, I don't know how much Payton has to do with any of this, but I'm sure Sean Payton has final say on all these personnel decisions. And I've seen so many coaches crash and burn because of their arrogance, thinking that they can be general managers as well. Coaching and scouting are very two very, very different skill sets. And I've been around it enough to know that coaches think they can scout without fail. Scouts don't necessarily think they can coach. Um, and there's something to it. And, and it's not all that hard to pick out a player if you're a decent scout. But what comes down to it is then being the coach, if I'm the one that's hiring you and, and drafting you and signing your contract as a general manager and coaching you, there's a little bit of a conflict of interest there. So it ends up being detrimental to the team. So I'm, I'm much more about personnel than I am X's and O's. And I can go through and start, I start looking where have the personnel decisions gone wrong? Where are some of the things that we could see in hindsight? Like this was a questionable decision. Something as easy as why are you going through camp with a kicker that has been a practice squad guy and someone who just had a mental breakdown in the playoffs and then replacing him with someone that another team just cut. And by the way, you traded for him. That opens yourself up pretty much. That's a questionable decision right away. And we'll get into, we can get into a lot more of those. Uh, Duke Rose says, blow it up. That is the track that the Broncos are on right now. Uh, We've said all along, going through, looking at the contracts, once uh, Cortland Sutton got his uh, his new contract, when Tim Patrick got his new contract, when you look at the free agent contract from Garrett for uh, Randy Gregory, when you look at Justin Simmons' contract, when you look at Garrett Bowles' contract, there's five big money contracts right there. All of them become much more flexible after the 2023 season, all five of them. The problem is about half of the money that you could get back by restructuring and or releasing and or trading or making a move on those guys, about half of that money would go to Russell Wilson. Whether you get rid of him or not, he's getting his money. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a concern. Uh, It makes it harder to do a legit reboot when you've got a, when you're carrying a bunch of dead money, Uh, ask the Chicago bears, ask the Atlanta Falcons who have done that and carried a bunch of dead money And then it took two years for them to come out from under that where they could start spending some money. So we can get into all of those things about, hey, where do you blow this up and how does it get better? When when can it get better quickly? Uh, I want to say hello to Addison coming in nice and yellow this morning with a nice super chat. Thank you, my friend. He says, it would suck to have to trade PS2, but if you would get one of the top two quarterbacks in 24, then that's a price the Broncos should pay. You you think they can get what the Jags got for Ramsey from the Rams. I don't remember exactly what that was. Um, but I think you could get whatever the highest cornerback has ever gone for. And then some for him because he's younger. I don't, th- I think he was younger than Ramsey when Ramsey was moved. Not hundred percent sure on that, but he will be in it. He still have two more years of cost control on him with a fourth year and a fifth year option. And, as good as he is, it's almost like having, well, I've got the best, I like to use different analogies from different sports. I got the best closer in the game, but my starting pitching is terrible. So I never get to my closer. If you've got a great cornerback, but you don't have anything else, what difference does it make? Um, you know, so yeah, if, if to give away a foundational piece, a perennial all pro player 
you better get back some building blocks, a lot of them, where you can actually improve your team because you can improve at four or five different positions. And that's what it would take. It would take it would take three or four draft picks plus a start. It would take four or five draft picks and maybe a starting level guy, you know, or, you know, a couple of first rounders that you could spin into two more second rounders and a starting level guy. You would need to get the equivalent of five starters across your across your team for a Pat Sertan. And if someone, if this, if this all goes bad, and if someone gets on the phone and says, hey, we're a Super Bowl contender, um, this guy is the final piece to our off to our defense, and we think it'll make the difference, then everybody has a price, even Pat Sertan. Um, Casey Nickel comes in. Appreciate you, Casey. He says, where do we go from here? Who does Denver replace George with? Draft Sanders, please. That is a, there's a, an assistant GM. I think his last name's Ireland with the New Orleans Saints. That's the guy I think you're keeping an eye on. I will be very, very, very surprised. I'm a little surprised George Payton made it this year. I was asked uh, in January, does George Payton, or after, after Sean Payton was hired, does George Payton, the general manager of this team, I said, I think he'll be out by August. I'll be freaking shocked if he is the general manager of this team in 12 months. Absolutely flabbergasted shocked if George Payton is the general manager on this team in 12 months. Whether it's his decision, listen, you know, I, I, I was here to be in charge and now I'm kind of the number two. Uh, I've got a chance to go be a general manager somewhere else where I've got more say in things. Um, or it's just like, listen, I'm more comfortable having my own guy in here, which I think is more likely to happen from Sean Payton. Um, where do we go from here, Casey? Um, you, you, you focus all of your attention to the Miami Dolphins. All of the doom and gloom that we're talking about right now, how it feels to lose these two teams at home, too favored. If you go on the road and pull an upset in Miami against the Miami Dolphins, these last two weeks are gone. They are flushed, gone. You're one and two. You beat a heavyweight, an AFC heavyweight favorite. Uh, literally, I think they're one of the top three or four teams in the AFC. You beat them in their home. You win the game. You're back on track. The flip side, when you're watching these Denver Broncos, is you see glimpses. It's the hope that kills, right? You see glimpses of what this offense can be, what this defense can be, what the special teams can be. We've seen glimpses of all of that. And it all come and and what it's led to to this point is like, all right, which one of these units is going to fail to cost us the game this time? Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. If it all comes together, the positive side of that is, hey, if it all comes together, we can play with anybody out there. We can play with the, the Miami Dolphins on the road if we bring out the offense that was out there in the first half, if we bring out the defense that was out there in the first half. If we bring out the team that played the second half against the Washington Commanders, we're looking at a top five pick. So there are growing pains to be expected with a new staff, a new culture, a lot of new players, and you're hoping it trends in the right direction. It's hard to do that after starting 0-2. You needed some positive momentum. You needed some of the veterans on this team to not think, okay, here we go again. Um, I want to say hello to Naj. Naj said he was about done. I'm not going to watch another game until the meet and greet. Well, we're glad you're here with us. And, and he says, it's devastating knowing the season is over after week two. I believe yesterday's game was the end of the Russ era. He has no confidence in the pocket. Fans won't be mentally able to watch us knowing the defense can't stop anyone. And, and it is. I, I get it. That said, though, no confidence in the pocket. If you watch the big throws, y'all, we're family here. You, Most everybody here. And if you haven't listened to me before, welcome in. I know there's going to be some new some new faces in here on as, as we keep growing this channel, we're about to hit 20,000 on YouTube. Um, as we keep growing the, the podcast, I've, I've said before about Russell Wilson, you never see him take a five step drop plant and fire. You never see him take a seven step drop plant and fire. You know what I saw on the two long passes to Marvin Mims. I saw him drop back in the pocket plant and fire with a nice pocket around him good pass protection, finding the open guy on us and uh, on the mismatch. You've got enough wide receivers out there. Someone's in single coverage, finding it, 
drop back and deliver in a freaking dime. I saw that from Russell Wilson. I saw it several times from Russell Wilson. I know he can still play in this league. His numbers were good. Is Take it out. If this was, if you take expectations away from reality, I know that's almost impossible to do. You think Russell Wilson played a good game. Russell Wilson is not living up to everything you gave up for him. And he is not worth the money that he is contractually obligated to for the Denver Broncos in the last next few years. That may never happen. But is he the reason why this team is losing games? As I watch the Denver Broncos, I can come up with seven or eight reasons before I get to Russell Wilson on why they lost that game yesterday. One of them's unlucky. Yes. When I and as I'm watching that, I'm thinking, unlucky. Why are you unlucky? You can call it uh, you know, I know Jeremy Sean hit me up during a couple times about the officials. Um, you know, he asked me, Sean Payton's teams were 31, 32, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and with the Saints forever in penalties, and he really believes that there was a problem with the, you know, they had a personal problem with Sean Payton. And I responded back, I'm like, you know, do you think the Raiders led the league in penalties because they committed the most penalties 30 straight years? No, there was a vendetta against against um, Al Davis. So yeah, there's some of that, some something to that. So I'm watching this game yesterday. I see a beautiful, beautiful block from Ben Powers. Big money free agent. Uh, it's 21 to three. You're you're saying, okay, now we want to run the ball. Now we want to just run it and, and run it down their throats. Javante Williams, this is who we want to be. We want to get out ahead. We want to use play action. We want to use a running game. We want to get a lead. And then we want to just run it down their damn throats. Watching this play, Javante Williams goes up, you know, six, seven yards battering ram type of run and as i'm watching i see ben powers one-on-one with a defensive tackle and it may have been my guy abdullah anderson from the falcons who i've been talking up uh is a reserve level but is a good player just buried him absolutely buried him and rolled him over i'm watching this on condensed and i see they get back to i'm like wait a minute what happened they called a holding penalty on ben powers for a pancake block it was atrocious officiating just ridiculous very next play was the fumble the very next play after the penalty was the fumble. Game changes. Now, this team needs to be strong enough, and there's enough opportunities to overcome those hills and peaks and valleys and adversity. There's enough opportunities over the course of a 60-minute game to overcome a bad call, to go through adversity of a turnover, to go through the adversity of your safety taking another headshot at a guy. There's room for that. There's plenty of opportunities. This team doesn't take them. They don't take advantage of them. Why? Maybe it's coming. Maybe that's part of the the growing process. Um, But Naj, I get it. As far as, you know, Russell Wilson, the end of the era. Zach and I got into that a little bit last night and just thinking that, you know, he's he's still on the Russ bandwagon as Russ can play. So am I. I. I think Russ can play my questions become around the rest of this team is can you rebuild this team with Russ still as your quarterback, knowing how much, how many resources you have to put into him to keep him, or are you better off just cutting bait, you know, bench him, mothballing him and say, okay, we got to get a young quarterback. Let's put him in and build. And the Russ era is over. I think that's a distinct possibility. Nosh, uh, Jesse coming in with the super chat. Um, Asked the question, says, given the rebuild, I'm thinking 2026, 20, 27 before this team is good again. It could be faster than that. 
uh, we've seen teams bounce back quicker. You know, this is a, a league of forced parity, but you have to make the right decisions. And knowing that the contracts, for whatever it's worth, other than the Russell Wilson contract, George Payton has done a really good job of salary cap management with this team. You will have the ability to invest resources back into free agents and rebuild. The only guys that you're really tied to after this year financially, well, Russell Wilson is one. Whether he's on the team or not, he's going to be on the books. Um, and then some of your newer free agents. After that, it's that's about it. You you can move on from pretty much everybody. Everybody. Um, the question becomes, and I think it's Bob Morris has a has an article coming out on Mile High Huddle later talking about players that the, the, the Broncos should trade. The problem is, is there's not a lot of trade. When you're talking trade, you think young, talented, cheap. Okay, that and, and, and premium positions. There's four. There's like four check marks you've got to tick in order to get good value back on trades. How many do how many Broncos does that fit? Where you can say young, talented, cheap, premium position. Relatively speaking, does Jerry Judy tick those boxes? Maybe. Maybe it's at least the three of them for sure. Uh, he becomes less cheap next year. Um, we already talked about Pat Sertan, and I know that's going to sound crazy. Um, but, you know, if if Russell, if, if one guy can bring you five starters back to upgrade the team, you got to think about it. Uh, if you get the right deal, everybody's for sale. Doug Raquel coming in with the stars on Facebook. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, Spawner says trade Judy and Sutton. So this gets back to the question I'm I'm I'm, I'm posing to y'all because I, I kind of joke about this all the time. I don't want this guy on my team anymore. He costs too much. He's always hurt. He's unproductive. He's lazy. I can't stand him. Trade him. Who wants that guy? Trade him for what? Cortland Sutton has an $18 million contract next year. You, your options with Cortland Sutton are probably going to be restructure if you want to extend him, uh, lower that salary cap, but then you're going to be tied to him financially for two or three more years. You might be able to find a trade where you're eating some of that money, but you're probably better off as a salary cap maneuver and you cut him um, because nobody's going to pick up that money. Nobody's going to pick up his, con his, his the, the, the salary, the base salary on his contract. You might be better off if he's not willing to do a restructure that would cut his cap by 75%. Tim Patrick's gone. You're, that's one year. You're definitely going to make a, make a move there. Nobody's trading for Tim Patrick either. That you might be better off with the full boat salary, uh, recouping the salary cap money from cutting him um, than doing that. And, and, and then you make a move with Jerry Judy. So then you're going to, you better get something in return where I can then rebuild some receivers. So if I get $15 million back in, in Cortland Sutton money next year, I'm probably going to have to put, go out and get a couple of $5 million wide receivers, young wide receivers. Okay. Uh, that might help. And then maybe I get a draft pick back out of it. Um, but that's part of the problem. We start talking about players that you can trade. There's not a lot of tradable assets out there and you, you know and anybody that i'm sure they're in here i can't see the whole chat today it's too busy thank you all for being here uh i'm sure there's some comments in there about how asinine it would be to trade uh pat sertan and to a certain extent for you know like i said everybody if i get the right deal anybody's for sale but that's what it takes to trade to, to get any kind of value out of a trade you got to give up something you don't want to keep i mean that you want to keep 
they've got to have value to your team. Otherwise, how are they going to have value to another team? Wanted to keep Albert O. What did you get for Albert O in a trade? Nothing. You got a 2025 swap of a sixth and a seventh round pick. Yippee. 2025. You move up from the seventh to the sixth round. Man, that's that's nothing. You know, and and we're talking about Albert Okuebenam as if he's the missing piece here. Trade KJ Hamler. Nobody's picked him up with health concerns. You know, there you, you've got to have these questions about like I said, four different things out there in order to actually get some value of a trade. There's just not a lot there. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking about smart, it's dumb to trade Sertan if we're not talking multiple first-round picks. Yeah, we are. And Alberto isn't on Sertan level. No kidding, really. But that's the point, dude. You don't have a you don't have anybody else on Patrick Sertan's level. You don't have a lot of tradable assets. That is my point. Um, let me see here. Mark Schrader coming in. So was watching and I felt like uh, Simmons didn't have a good game at all. Do you think maybe he was trying to catch, trying to do too much after KJ got booted? Um, I don't think so. I think on a play at the end of the second half, he got his bell rung pretty good too. Um, that might be part of it. He was playing super deep. Ball goes up the right sideline. He makes a hit out of bounds and come up, comes up a little slow. Um, it takes a lot for a, an NFL football player to come up slow. It takes something hurts after every play, after every play that you play in, in, in football, something hurts, whether it's, you know, it, it just, you rub it off. It's just a bruise out, got one with sharp to keep a guy down that could have lingered on for the rest of the game. Um, when he got up slow like that, and I don't know what it was and I don't know if they'll say anything about it, but there may be something, um, to it. Ethan coming in here and uh, we've discussed this last night and this gives me a chance to have this discussion with y'all on uh, a little bit longer of a basis. Thank you, Ethan, for coming in. He says, the problem is clear. Lack of talent on the defensive side until the shelf is replenished there. We will continue to see what we have seen the last two weeks. This isn't new. Under Vic and Evero, the defense caved always at the end of the half. A um, couple of pretty good defensive coordinators. I would argue that the defenses I saw last year were still overall better than what I've seen so far. I don't remember seeing a Vic Fangio or a Giro Evero defense the last two years give up second and third quarter five straight scoring drives. Forget, you know, the the fourth quarter, end of the game, these guys have been out on the field forever and then collapse, give up a score at the end and end up losing. I'm talking 
second and third quarter when you go from 21 to three and you're to being down two scores. Um, that said, I, I, I am much more about personnel than I am schemes. And when I'm down to, when I, when I go into, into battle with my safeties is Caden Stearns with an injury history. And I resigned Kareem Jackson. We know what a liability he is as a player, let alone as a guy who has a chance to get thrown out. And, uh, and then I draft someone coming off an injury in JL Skinner, who's a rookie in the sixth round who was injured. I get into that game and all of a sudden I'm down to Turner yell and the same Bassey at safety because those three guys aren't available. That's a personnel problem. That's a personnel decision-making problem for me. Uh, safeties aren't expensive there. I, I could have gone out and spent $3 million on a safety and had a pro a five, six, seven, eight year pro on this team to back, um, to back Caden Stearns and have a little more insurance there. And I don't want to hear about leadership. I don't want to hear it. Make him a coach. Kareem Jackson brings leadership to this team. Then make him a coach. What kind of example is he setting getting fined and thrown out of games? Make him a coach. If you think that leadership is what he brings to this team, bring him in as a consultant. There, you don't necessarily want to have him um, want to have him on the team. Um, on the field. No, you don't. I think he's got a suspension coming. We'll see. I guarantee his last hit was $15,000. This one might be double that, and it might cost him a game or two. Talking about the resources being being put into into this team, I posed this question to Zach last night because when Ethan asked this, it got me to thinking, where in the last three years that I've been covering this team have the Broncos legitimately upgraded on defense at any one spot? And there's only one that I think you can you can answer without a doubt, without any argument, that you've gotten better. I don't even know who he replaced. Doesn't matter. He's just that good. And it's Pat Sertan. Across the front. Zach Allen better better than better than Draymond Jones. Maybe. We haven't seen it yet. Um, we go to the edges. Randy Gregory, Vaughn Miller, Jonathan Cooper, Bradley Chubb. I know, I know who I'm taking there. Um, we go to uh, Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton. Solid, but nothing spectacular at that point. Um, cornerbacks, um, my number two is Damari Mathis and I've already gone through the safety problem I've got. I'd say a no there. So personnel wise, and let's not even get into the backups. Uh, we've already talked about the backups, the problems you have on the defensive line as starters. If Jonathan Harris is my starter on the defensive line, I have questions. I have big questions about my defensive line. Watching these pass rushers, there's four average guys out there. Randy Gregory is a hell of an athlete. He cannot get off a block. I'm pretty much convinced. Didn't get to see him enough last year to watch him. He he gets pursuit sacks because he's a hell of an athlete. He'll get a speed rush. So will Nick Benito. He'll get a speed rush every so often. But if they get locked up, they're not pushing them back. They're not spinning out of them. They're not cutting inside. They're not swimming. They're not ripping. They're not doing anything. They're getting locked up. The pass rush without just pure speed rushing is a problem. So yes, you're going to have to put some resources into the defense. If you want to have a better defense, Ethan, thank you so much for, uh, for the, uh, the super chat. And as always the, the good conversation, I want to check in on my Facebook crowd over here. Um, apologies to George and all y'all that I didn't get to a lot of these last night. Um, we'll make it up to you for sure. We, 
is I think we had we had 2,500 comments in the chat yesterday on YouTube. So no, I wasn't necessarily keeping up with those 2,500 comments in the chat. So it was, it was busy. <laughs> it was busy. Keith comes in and says five years, 245 million going to Russell Wilson as a start adding Gregory Sutton and Patrick, you're not getting returns on any of these contracts right now. Yeah. And the, the good news is, and I, I, I could put bowls in there. Um, the good news is, is Gregory's contract. You can, you can get out from under it next year. Sutton's contract, you can get out from under it next year. Patrick's contract, you can get it out from under it for next year. Randy Gregory, we can talk all the big money you want to. And let me let me bring up his contract numbers because that's what gets stated. And I always roll my eyes and say, listen, this is what this contract really means because the the numbers that you hear are are pretty bogus. Um, his contract, let's see, what was it stated as? Um, spot Rex a little slow coming up. He's got a, his contract was saying he signed a five year, $70 million contract. No, he didn't. He didn't. He's not going to see a dime over the next two. If, if he doesn't pick it up right now, he's a cut candidate and his contract will be two years, $26 million next year. He has a $16 million cap hit against a 16 million against a $6 million dead cap. You save $10 million if you cut him. Guess what? He's going to get to keep the signing bonus that was part of the two years and $26 million, and $6 million you're going to have to cost next year. So while the $6 million dead cap, you get $10 million back. Um, Patrick Sutton, the same way. You're going to have to carry some dead cap, but you get a lot of money back. You're going to get you're going to have some dead cap money next year one way or another cuz you're going to make some you're going to make some big changes um david romero uh, sotelo uh, McGlinchey is horrible he was getting blown up every down he was probably the biggest liability on the offensive line yesterday and you got to hope he plays his way into form he missed a lot of training camp he's with a new team he's feeling the pressure i'm sure of that big contract we are talking about the contracts that get better. His contract gets exponentially worse next year. The man has a $6 million cap hit this year, just six. He's actually behind Josie Jewell on uh, his cap hit for this year. His $6 million cap hit goes to dead cap. He goes to 18.5 next year with a $29 million dead cap. So you cannot make that change. He's getting an $18 million dead cap hit unless you can restructure that somehow. And if he's not playing better, I don't know that you want to extend him uh, further down the line. You've got to get a return on that one um, um, for sure. Uh, let me see. Uh, Doug, I said thank you for the stars, for coming in with the stars like that. Thank you so much. wonder our friend Michael is. That's who I didn't get to see yet. So... Uh, Michael Rankio, if you're out there, I know he's out there. He was at, I saw him this morning on YouTube. So thank you for being here. Um, we're at 30 minutes right now. We've got about 300 people watching. That is a lot for uh, our morning show. Uh, if you're new here, hit the like button, hit the subscribe, hit the share so we can find more Broncos fans just like you. Certainly um, appreciate all, all the new faces on here. So thank you so much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter slash X, the Twix, at Scout Kennedy. Um, want to go through <clears throat> some more of the, you know, how, how does this get better? Um, 
one of the questions that comes in is uh, you know, Baked asked the question. I thought uh, Riley Moss was hurt. He was. Um, and I think he was, he's close. It wouldn't surprise me to see him coming back next week. Greg Dulcich did end up getting IR'd, so he's out for four weeks. Um, I, I've got so much of this going through my mind. That's what I remember seeing at the end of last week. Um, so he's out. Um, going into the game a little bit from yesterday, uh, Michael said he was early in the show. Thank you. It, it, it scrolled off of, I had a feeling Michael was here. Thank you for the stars and the support, my friend. As Brian says, he's new here. Uh, hit the like. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being here. And even if you got that W, we don't mind fans from other teams coming in. I do have a cough drop in. Apologies. Uh, I've been going solo for a little bit, and I'm going to need to, to hit on this. Hopefully, it won't rattle around on my teeth. That's what it is. Uh, Betty says, hi. Hey, guys. Hey, y'all. Good to see you. Glad you are here. Um, <laughs> Diamond's still pissed. Says, fire VJ Ha. Sean hired him. Clamoring for Vance Joseph firing. Uh, is like asking for Sean Payton's firing. There's something to that. I said last night I would very, very much like to hear the reasoning between the the choice that was being made or whether it was made for them. Rex Ryan could have said, hey, listen, I'm just trying to get a better contract from TV. Can you put me into the, the debate here so I can get a new contract? Could have been that, frankly. When I've gone to hire people and I knew that I couldn't get them they were going to stay where they were going to be. I'm like, hey, at least talk to me. Let me get you some more money. Let me get you a raise. Go back and tell them I offered you X and they'll give you X plus five. Let me get you some more money. Um, but I would love to hear the reasoning why Rex Ryan, uh, why Vance Joseph was was chosen as, as the Denver Broncos defensive coordinator over Rex Ryan. Was it the media circus around Rex Ryan? Too much ego. Better scheme fit. Helped us get Zach Allen. I don't know. I'd love to hear the backstory on that one. Um, money comes in and says, I feel there will be a new injury every week. There probably will be. I mean, it's football. You just hope that they're not too bad. And you hope that some of the guys who were injured start coming back. So it's it's at least you're not going backwards. Riley Moss could be a big help to this team. Um he was drafted high. He's a hell of an athlete, instinctive football player. Um, he's a, he's a he's a warrior out there. And when I'm watching this team, you start asking yourself yourselves a question: it's like, where where are the real warriors on the team? Where are the guys that you know when the going starting to get tough? Who's who's going to get a little nasty? You know, and I don't mean Cream Jackson nasty. I mean you know fired up. You, you know what I'm talking about. You know it when you see it. Who are the fighters out there? Who are the ones that are battling and not just going out and doing a job. Uh, Riley Moss can be one of those guys too. You know, Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, love them. Extremely talented players, but they're, they're not, they're not warriors, so to speak. They're not the ones out there getting everybody fired up. And it's a very, especially on defense, defense is incredibly emotional. Um, that I think Riley Moss can really, really help this team. And as, as TWI guy says, there are no warriors. That's the problem. I, I think, Randy Gregory has some of it in him, and I don't mind that a little bit. He, you know, walk up to that edge, don't cross it. I think Alex Singleton has a little bit of that in him, watching him. He plays with a little fire. Um, he does. He plays with a little fire. Isaiah Stack says Drew Sanders can be that, but he doesn't see the field. Um, Naj agrees with me. He says KJX will be suspended at least one, possibly two games. Time to go out there and, and find another safety. They're they're out there. They can be had. I can I can get safeties off practice squads. 
Um, Benito looked good. Benito looked good at times, and then he looked like a liability at times. The left tackle that got beat on a speed rush for uh, for Benito's first sack, shame on him. I mean, make Benito come into your chest. Step outside and make him come across you. That's a lack of preparation and, and good for Benito. Hey, I'm going to go outside until you prove that I, that I can't. That said, there were four sacks in this game by the Denver Broncos. Two of them came on the first series. I think the third one came on the second series. The commanders were throwing mid-second quarter on, <clears throat> and you only had one more sack. That is a little bit of a problem. That's a little bit of a problem. Um, a couple of things I wanted to get into. We're probably going to cut it short here, about 45 minutes or so, because my voice is starting to give out. Um, I felt like the Broncos got away from what was working to a certain extent. And part of that is, you know, as Sean Payton says, well, they dictated coverage, you know, blah, blah, blah. Coach speak, coach speak, coach speak. But some of the things that we went into last week saying we wanted to see more of, we saw them earlier. Drew Sanders was on the field in the first series. Randy Gregory gets a sack, a, a sack and makes an impact. A hustle play down. He also had a nice hustle play where the sweep went his way and around him, and he made the tackle down on the five. Good hustle play. That was right before the commander's first touchdown. <clears throat> um, Marvin Mims. How do we get more plays? How do we get Marvin Mims involved? Two great passes, good protection. Uh, that was, I think, two minutes into the second quarter. He had a second catch. He had two catches for 113 yards, 17 minutes into this game. He finished the game with two targets for 113 yards and a touchdown. Never saw the ball again. Never saw, literally, not just didn't make a catch, never saw the ball again. Jaleel McLaughlin, that change up back, that speed, nice touchdown, well blocked. Props to the left side of the line, fullback, Burton, under unsung hero of this game. Uh, tight end, I'm not sure which one it was, if it was Manhurts or Troutman came in. Uh, and then wide receiver had a really good block. Um, never never really saw him again either after that, after that play. Um, he finishes with Jaleel McLaughlin with <laughs> one carry for five yards. There you go. So, okay, it wasn't just my imagination. One carry for five yards and a touchdown, that was it. Okay, I understand they're going to do things, but are they really scheming to take away your rookie running back? You know, change it up, change it up a little bit. Getting away from some of that stuff. Um, and it was, it was Jonathan Cooper that had the coverage sack. So they had three sacks from three different players in the first two series, but then only had one more. Then on my notes, it says, uh, that holding call on Ben Powers was a pancake block that the Broncos just got hosed on. That one was, that one was tough. Um, that was tough. I, Isaiah Sex, we appreciate you, Mr. Kennedy. Thank you so much. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, those were some of the things I wanted to get into today. Uh, you know, we can get into when Nick gets back. We'll we'll start talking tomorrow. I think he's back tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk more about what you know the the different things that the Broncos can do internally to get better or if we're looking forward to uh to, to 2024 um i guess one more thing i want to get into on this and i saw Nash on it so more than once he will keep talking if i you jog my memory here who made the call to play fabian moreau that guy played two plays 
and cost us two drive stopping situations. You cannot have players making those mistakes on the field. I don't know how many I'll have to look at a snap count. He was on the field, but I know he was on, uh, he had two defensive holding calls on him. Um, there's a lot of new folks in here, but you know, I, I watched Fabian Moreau in Atlanta for 2021 and he was the worst defensive player on a very, very bad team, a very bad defense. He doesn't need to be on the 53. God bless him, but he's a liability. He doesn't need to be out there. Uh, you need to find better somehow, some way. It can't be that hard. Fabian Moreau was tough. Um, that's a, it's a tough call out there. Um, Let's see. So the Fabian Moreau one. Oh, here it is. One of my notes. We talk about screens. If you listen to Eric Trickle, Eric Trickle hates screen passes. I love them. I, I love screen passes. I hate them for this Denver Broncos team. Hate them. When they started going short passing game and it started working, they started going outside. They were they were not screens because the screen doesn't work with this team. Whether it's, I want to run a middle screen and I can't get the ball over the defenders who see the screen coming and they get their hands up, or I try and run a screen outside and my 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 offensive linemen aren't mobile enough to get outside. You want to watch a screen team? Washington screened you to death. First play of the, was it the fourth quarter? Uh, it was, yeah, the first play of the fourth quarter. 36-yard screen play to open the fourth. They did that multiple times. They got 20 yards on a screen play in the second quarter to help bring them back into the game. That was, that was, it's, it's personnel, it's scheme, but I think this one boils down to uh, more personnel when it comes to the inability for the short passing game to be what you want it to be in this offense because you lack the personnel to run it properly. The Washington Commanders ran it properly. Sam Howell looked great. Um, I didn't give him enough credit coming into this game. That I won't make that mistake again. That wasn't just bad Broncos defense. Sam Howell played a good game. Um, he did. He, he played a. He, he played a good game. Um, Bake says, "I don't think we tr we have the talent on the receiving core to pull off as many screen passes as we tried. Most of the screen passes, though, won't go to wide receivers. You might run a bubble screen here and there, and if you do that, you really won't worry about the offensive line. You'll run trips to the right, and you might have two two inside receivers. One of them could be a tight end. One of them could be a bigger wide receiver like Cortland. Cortland." You have your outside receiver cut underneath behind those guys, catch a quick pass, and then take off. That's a wide receiver screen. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'd actually like to see more of those to set up. You do that two times, then you pump it and go, and you got a, you got something there uh, with a fake screen. I'm talking about screens to the running backs. The running backs should be a huge part of your, your offensive arsenal in the short passing game. And they're just not so far. Um, Denver receiving. You had uh, Samaje Perrine had four targets. He had three receptions for 20 yards, so not too bad. Three targets to Javante. Um, so, you know, three catches from your leading receiver, five total. Five total receptions is what Alvin Kamara had when he was playing for Sean Payton. He had 80 catches uh, a season. So, for me, the the screen the screen passing into your running backs involved. I'm not sure if you've got the personnel. They keep trying, but it hasn't worked that well. Talking about injuries, and if somebody going to get hurt every week, probably. Um, that's just the game. But you're hoping some of these guys come back. Some of these guys you're hoping to get back soon. Baron Browning, Riley Moss, Kwan Williams. Uh, huh. 
where do those guys play? Defense, defense, defense. That'll help. That'll help for sure. Uh, getting those guys back will help you a lot more than the loss of Kareem Jackson. That I don't feel like that's a hot take. On that note, y'all, I am going to get out of here while I can still talk a little bit. Thank you so much for uh, for coming in and joining me today. Um, let me check Facebook one more time because Lawrence has a question that I missed with some stars. He says, what's up, guys? It's going to be a long year. I hope ownership starts reflecting our record on the price of tickets or I'll just go fishing. It's almost ice fishing season. Don't expect ticket prices to come down. <laughs> that rarely, rarely happens. Don't expect them... Uh, don't expect them to come down. Um, Pimaw has a point. He says, Baby Moreau would not have been out there if it wasn't for Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson has been the liability. This is potato potato uh, for me. Um, is Baby Moreau out there because Kareem Jackson is out there because Isang Bassey ended up having to be the fourth safety when you lost Caden Stearns, you lost Kareem Jackson, then Dorian Turner Yell ends up getting hurt. I have to put Isang Bassey in at safety. I'm on my fourth safety. Why am I on my fourth safety? Because Caden Stearns was an injury liability. Kareem Jackson is old. Um, and JL Skinner, the guy that you drafted, was hurt already as a rookie and either hasn't been healthy or can't be counted on. So I had to go to Usain Bassey. One, two, three are things that I knew going into the season. I knew all those things. Fabian Moreau as a safety on the active or as a corner on the active roster, while Isaiah Bassey moves to cornerback, Fabian Moreau is not good enough to be on this in this league. He's just not. You knew that going in. Again, it becomes a personnel thing for me on those. Naj says, "Great show." Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I, I, uh, this isn't Naj. This is Ethan. I say thank you to Naj too, but always Ethan. Great show, Scott. Rest your throat. Have a good day, everyone. Actually, I will because I'm back tonight with Zach, and we'll have a uh, we'll have another discussion. Get to sit on this one a little bit, and I'll probe Zach on some of his thoughts and uh, and feel what and see what he thinks the day after the 24 hour rule. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. Make sure you're following the main accounts at Mile High Huddle. You can find it on Instagram. You can find it on Twix. You can find it on Facebook. You can find me on on Twix at Scout Kennedy. Nick will be back tomorrow. Uh, Nick Kendall at MHH. Let me see here. Let me hit. There's a, this is the one I want you to check out. If you haven't already, mhhmerch.com. Some cool stuff coming in. We'll have some of this stuff too, uh, as raffles and giveaways at the meet and greet for the Packers game coming up next month. I'm looking forward to that. And like I said, you can find the facebook.com mile high huddle pod. We'll get all of our shows as well, whether it's Broncos for breakfast or not. So thank you so much for being here, everybody. I'm going to get going. Got to get some work to do. It's been a great morning for everybody. Hope you feel a little bit better today than you did yesterday. That was a gut-wrenching loss. We will be back tonight with Zach on the Mile Huddle Podcast, and then Nick and I will be back tomorrow morning. Unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of me. Uh, sorry, I'm not better looking. Y'all have a great day. Thanks for being here. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.